0: If you know about the war in Russia, and I don't want to get into the political aspects of it, what I will say is, is that the war probably stopped the Fed from increasing rates 50 basis points Instead, they went with 25 basis points. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There's a looming uh, election, November 5th, 2024. So that means 2023 is going to be a big year for ramping up for the election. There's going to be all sorts of politics, all sorts of conversation, and all sorts of debate, not to mention that looming war and all the things that are going on. You know, with Web3 and cryptocurrency, these are all going to be hot topics in the upcoming election. And the last thing the Fed wants to do is be perceived as interfering with the election. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Welcome back to the higher standard. It's your guy, Chris. In this episode, I want to talk to you about inflation. I know that sounds uh, kind of boring, but let me explain. This does relate to your life. Listen to the end. I will explain how this really does impact you. And despite all the nonsense you might hear out there of all these scary things from the media, and you don't know what to trust, you don't know what to believe, this is real. And this is changing. This is changing right before our eyes. And it's, it's been a long time coming. But the good news is all of this stuff is a great opportunity. Listen to the end. I'll explain why. So I normally don't drop the date of when I do these solo episodes. And the reason why I don't do that is because I record them in advance. But because of this one, I think has some relevance. We're going to do a bit of a date down. As of right now, it is nearly 10 p.m. on April 14th. And because it's nearly 10 p.m., I got to jump after this real quick. So this episode is going to be limited to just 20 minutes because I'm on the episode of House Hunters. I want to say it's season 214, episode 2. Helped a lovely couple, they're friends of mine, and we got them at home, and we decided we were going to document the process on House Hunters on HGTV. If you get some time, check it out. I really enjoyed the experience, and frankly, this couple is the most adorable couple known to man. Runa Marsal, I hope you're listening. I know you do listen, and you're fans of the podcast. Love you guys. So, as of today, we know that the Fed has increased the interest rates by 25 basis points, Right? And that's real uh, broad. So I'm going to get into a little bit more of a technical explanation and explain how this impacts you. The Federal Reserve lifted its policy interest rate for the first time since 2018. Keep in mind, we've had artificial interest rate deflation for essentially 10 years, and we've been in this prosperous economy for 14. I've said it time and time again. If you listen to me on social media, you follow the podcast, you know that's just my general thoughts. Which is twice the low end of what's normal, seven to 10 years from peak to peak or trough to trough and recessionary or prosperous economies is normal. Think of it as a sine wave, right? Seven years prosperous, seven to 10 years prosperous, seven to 10 years recession, seven to 10 years prosperous, seven to 10 years recession. Well, we've been in this 14-year period and it's kind of crazy. So one of the things the Federal Reserve Board of Governors did is they penciled in about six more rate increases this year in their minutes of the meeting held. I want to say it was on March 16th. So they're trying to combat a a, a burst of of quick price increases related to so many of those factors that we're all hearing about on the news, right? So I want to talk about why the Fed is doing this the way they're doing it and and some of the reason why it's it's already a bit too late. So if you know about the war in Russia, and I don't want to get into the political aspects of it, what I will say is, is that. The war probably stopped the Fed from increasing rates 50 basis points Instead, they went with 25 basis points. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There's a looming uh, election, November 5th, 2024. So that means 2023 is going to be a big year for ramping up for the election. There's going to be all sorts of politics, all sorts of conversation and all sorts of debate, not to mention that looming war and all the things that are going on you know, with web three and cryptocurrency, these are all going to be hot topics in the upcoming election. And the last thing the Fed wants to do is be perceived as interfering with the election. So you can, you can already kind of forecast that what they're really saying when they say they penciled in these six increases is that they're going to keep 25 basis point increases or more, maybe even 50. I want to say possibly next quarter, we'll see how, how they respond. But they are going to see at least 25 basis points increases quarter after quarter consistently. So that they will not be accused of interfering with the upcoming election. The last thing you want to do is not increase something and then have somebody come back at Jerome Powell and say, hey, what you're doing is really interfering with the election. You're trying to spin things, you know, Democratic, or Republican, whatever you believe. So all of this is after the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System voted unanimously to raise the interest rate, like we talked about, to 0.4% effective March 17, 2022. But that really didn't do anything to stop what was already going on. So many of you already feel it at the gas pump, right? And we all know, we all we all know we're paying a lot more. So the labor department said on Tuesday, I wanna say of this week, so that was April 12th, that its consumer price index, CPI, jumped 8.5% in March from 12 months earlier. That is the inflation rate that everybody's talking about. That's the sharpest year over year increase since 1981 effectively 40 years. That's the quickest and highest price jump in 40 years. And that kind of goes to show you why I get so frustrated with all these people online that are talking about, I'm a self-made entrepreneur and I'm 32. Bro, you haven't really lived through a recessionary economy as an adult. 14 years of artificial inflation. If you're 32- you were 18 years old you were just entering the workforce or possibly going into college and then entering the workforce in one of the most prosperous economic times in history so with all due respect and i don't want to sound like a boomer and i don't want anybody getting at me with some millennial you know derogatory term all i'm saying is is the perspective is twisted right we're all creatures of what we live through adversity builds character and if you haven't experienced much financial fiscal adversity you don't have a lot of fiscal and financial character, and some people are always exceptions to the rule. But there's a lot of people online doing this. I'm going to get a TikTok account. I'm going to flash cars. I'm going to talk about all this money. There's a couple of notable TikTok stars that I just cannot stand. One of them is Tom Cruise, T O M C R U Z, not the same one as the action star. He's in South Carolina a real estate investor. I don't know if he's legit or not, but he's just obnoxious. He's young. Says he owns a bunch of real estate, and honestly. I call shenanigans, but whatever, I digress. Prices have been driven up by bottleneck supply chains. So if you've gone to the grocery store, you try to buy things, you know that it's hard to get some of the things we normally would buy. Robust consumer demand and disruptions to the global food and energy markets were worsened by a lot of what's going on between Russia and the Ukraine. So, so much of this war has already impacted additional supply chain issues that were already impacted by covid and these delays and for any of us who live near a port a shipping port if you're like the port of los angeles or long beach whatever you have seen there's literally literally shipping containers filled boats out on the out on the water just waiting to get offloaded it's insanity and if you've if you have the luxury of driving by or actually getting on a boat and going out there, it is one of the craziest sights to see all these ships sitting out there with containers they can't even deliver because it's just so backed up. I mean, it's it's a visual that's hard to overcome. I don't know why the media is not reporting on it more because you would think that that would be a visual that would really help validate their their, their commentary. You know, media could use a little bit of visual support these days. So, what happens? From February to March, inflation rose 1.2%, the biggest month-to-month jump since 2005, right? That's 17 years ago. So, effectively, the largest jump in 17 years, gasoline prices drove more than half of that increase. And that's significant. Why? Well, this should be no shocker here, as the economy, the year-over-year, year, you know, price spikes, widespread, all these challenges. Gasoline prices rocketed about forty-eight percent in the past twelve months. That's I mean, that's insane. California is approaching almost a seven-dollar a gallon gas price, depending on what kind of gas you buy, which is again absolutely crazy. Used car prices. Used car prices. This is the part that still baffles me. This is a real statistic. Soared 35%, though they actually fell between February and March, which is kind of weird. And I don't really know if that's just like an anomaly where things kind of spike up and gradually increase over time. But think about this. I have a 2015 Jeep. I, dri- I daily drive the Jeep. For those of you who know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm past the flashy car phase. I like my vintage cars, my custom cars and stuff like that. But I daily drive the Jeep. I love it. I bought that Jeep for $36,000. And yeah, I got a lot of accessories into it and stuff like that. But I priced it out on uh, Kelly Blue Book. I think Kelly Blue Book's retail value was $31,000. $5,000 short of my purchase price, not including the mods and all that stuff, if it was was just a stock car. When you think about it, a $5,000 drop in seven years, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I would have expected that car to be worth less than half of what I actually paid for it even in the condition that it's in with all the accessories. It's just, it's crazy. So, I mean, it's already hard enough to get some of the vehicles you wanted to get. Plus, we're in this weird transition to where some cars, a lot of the manufacturers are focusing on, on electric cars in California as a state, which is always uber weird when it comes to how conservative the nature of the economy is here and some of the weird stuff. They're already trying to, you know, force auto manufacturers to only supply electric vehicles to the market. So, there's a lot of things changing in that space. It's impacting price. It's certainly not just CPI and inflation and stuff like this, but it's definitely a contributing factor. Men's suits and coats. I used you know, I really used to like clothes, and I used to get dressed every single day, and now I can I have to wear stretchy pants because I can't fit in any of my clothes, but we're, gonna, we're getting through that. Men's suits and, and coats, 14.5 percent increase. Bedroom furniture is up 14.7 percent. Grocery prices have jumped approximately 10%, including an 18% increase for both bacon and oranges, commodities. Bacon and oranges are commodities, believe it or not. Think, think that through. 20% effectively increase in, in, in bacon and oranges. That's that's a lot of money when you think about that's just one piece of the things you buy at the grocery store. And I know a lot of people who are listening to this who are probably in the very, very lucky majority of people who have some savings who have a lot in the checking account, who who live these very frankly gifted and blessed lifestyles, are saying that's not, you know, that's not hugely impacting me. It just sucks because things have gone up a little bit. There's people all across the country and all across the world where nickels and dimes matter, man. So this type of increase really, really can hurt people and financially has some implications. Layer in too that if you're a, a W-2 wage earner and you work for a large company, I would say across the country, it's about 3% on average is the annual cost of living increase, 3% to 5% in some extreme cases, certainly not 8.5%. And if, even if you got an 8.5% salary increase, which happens to match where inflation's at at this particular moment, that's pre-tax, man. And if you're W-2, that that that, that doesn't really necessarily make you whole. So you would have to have almost a 20% salary increase in a lot of cases, to really feel a level playing field to where we were at last year for just basic necessities. So, if you're not feeling the crunch and, and you're listening to this and this is just all informative and you're like, oh, that's crazy, good numbers, feel blessed because not everybody's as fortunate. So, I've often warned of high salaries before. I've talked about that on future episodes about layoffs in certain industries. Workers typically demand higher pay to offset their expectations for price increases. So just like I was, I was kind of alluding to, you go into your, your employer and say, hey, I, I, I want a 10% salary increase because inflation was 8.5%. What happens? Businesses in turn raise prices to cover their higher labor costs. This company now has a higher cost of labor. So now we're going to have to raise prices on our end product, which goes out to the consumer. And this can set off a wage price spiral. It's just a cyclical impact. Things are costing more. You're, it's, you're spending more. Inflation is, uh, is also adding to it. And, and this kind of adds to inflation in and of itself. Something the nation has last endured to this extent probably in the 1960s and 1970s. That's how long it's been that we've really seen something like this spiral into this massive CPI increase. And I hope for everyone's sake, that I'm wrong, but my prediction is that you're not going to see a notable impact, a dropping down of that 8.5 percent inflation CPI index, in the next quarter. I really don't think that's going to happen. As a matter of fact, here's my prediction. I truly believe that the impacts from the things that we're seeing now are going to be felt in July of 2022. Well, Chris, why July 2022? That sounds you know somewhat specific. We report Q2 as public companies, right? So April, May, June. So that's Q2. The end of Q2, about a week or so after the quor- you know, the quarter ends, public companies start reporting. Some of them will have phone calls. Some of them will give guidance. But they're going to talk a lot about how these things have impacted them for the last three months. And if you've never looked up or listened to a public company's reported financials, their reports, they're all online. You can, you can get them for free. Just go to Google and find their quarterly reports, SEC filings. You can pull that up. It is a fascinating insight into how these large companies actually function. And if they're publicly traded, NASDAQ, NYSE, whatever it might be, SEC regulated, you're going to get certain reports with clear information about their balance sheet, their income statement, and you can see anything you want to see about the operations that's going to be strong enough to make help you make it a strategic financial decision whether you're going to invest in those companies or not. That's why SEC regulation is so critical. That amongst many other things, of course. But point being is you want to know how these companies are impacting and what their thoughts are and how they're changing their balance sheets and how they're responding and what their income has looked like if it's dropped off. You can listen to those calls if you're a shareholder. You can listen to many of them if, even if you're not. So I would tell you that it's in your best interest to listen. But what's going to happen in July is people are going to start reporting. They're going to start reporting the impacts of all this financial stress. And I believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think the Fed is going to increase interest rates again. And if they're calling that the 8.5% inflation hasn't been dented by the 25 basis point increase, which I don't believe that it has, frankly, I think you got a situation where There's going to be some pretty obvious impacts to the economy. The Fed might consider 50 basis points over 25 basis points. 25 is an absolute guarantee in the next meeting in, I want to say, June. That's going to absolutely happen. You're going to have the July reporting. And then what what comes next? Well, if you're an employer, you've got to make some strategic decisions. And frankly, we've been in this really weird environment where employees have been able to demand certain luxuries. I want to work from home. I demand it. I don't want to do this job because I can make more money doing that job. Well, that's going to go away as jobs get harder and harder to come by. Because when the Fed monetary policy kicks in, their job is to pull liquidity out of the economy, right? Pull money out of the economy and help stabilize things like inflation. So what the end... Result is people stop spending as much. GDP, gross domestic product, is 75% of consumer spending. I believe that number is also going to go down as inflation rises, partially because things just cost more. If you got to choose whether you're going to go out and have fun or go out and buy some luxury car or you're going to buy bacon, you're going to buy bacon. You're going to pay for that rent. You're going to pay for the necessities. And there's going to be a new focus on how much people are spending and where they're spending their money. We've been really, really enjoying this life-work balance and going to things like national parks, which have been really booked up. But I see that slowing down dramatically as we start to get some normalized society back. And normalized society means a lot of these remote work or work-from-home jobs are going to start demanding you be back in the office at least two to three days a week, a little bit of a hybrid work model. And I think jobs are, in fact, going to be significantly more difficult to find. I don't think that there's going to be the luxury of demanding the salaries that you once did. And salaries over time will continue to come down a bit, despite the fact that inflation is rising. Some of the industries that have been perpetually changed for the future, I think finance and banking and some of the internship stuff where there was people had this mentality of we're going to work the lower interns and you know grind them out as analysts and whatever business you might be in. I think that's going to change. Uh, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. But what I will tell you is expect jobs to become significantly different. The, the, this, this fallacy that you can, you can command a certain amount of, of dollars from people and you be in the driver's seat is going to shift the same way markets when they change, go from a, a home sellers market to a home buyers market, right? Values come down, it's less competitive. That's a great time for buyers to buy. Same thing for you, the employee. I think non-bank lenders, as I've said time and time again, are going to be impacted pretty significantly, but they're they're just one of those human capital businesses that are just the first to react. But anything that's a human capital business where in order to scale you to hire more bodies, those businesses are going to be felt first. So I really do think that we should strap in, get ready for a bumpy quarter and entering in July with some more interest rate increases. And I think interest rates are going to continue to climb. Treasuries have not showed any slowing down yet. And I know this has been a really technical episode. If you hung in this far and you're saying to yourself, damn, man, this is all some gloomy shit. I should have listened to SmartList or somebody else's podcast, a lot more entertaining and rosy. I'm sorry. What I am trying to do is I'm trying to give you some insight into things to expect in the next three months. What I'm trying to give you, particularly when you hear this, is, is not only a look back on when I said this and where you are now, probably at least May or June when this comes out, but I also want you to appreciate that some of this stuff may be validated by then. That's really all I got for this week, particularly because I got to jump off because I got to see myself on television in a couple of minutes, which is always a weird thing. I promise I'm not that fat in person. Okay. I might be that fat in person, but I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying to cut back down now that our son is a little bit more stable. We're getting some sleep, uh, but I also love beer, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not divorcing beer beer and i are good we love each other and that's what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna be together once again i appreciate you love you thank you for tuning in feel free to leave me leave me an honest quote unquote honest five-star review and if you haven't done it by now with after all these times i've asked in the intro and the outro shame on you go do it daddy needs it all right next time I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. we are getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.